Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. You can't do whatever it is you're doing here. You need to leave. I told you, no twerking during takeoff. That's a classic line. I can't believe there's a universe. I wouldn't know that my dad had a water buffalo named Gary Hoffman. Yeah, or that my mom had a friend named Shannon Farron. What a great name. I feel like this is my new favorite show. Gary and Shannon. You say that about every show. (laughs) This is fun. I am having fun. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Spokesman at McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base in Tennessee says the local sheriff's office is responding to an active shooter situation. Has that base on lockdown. They are sweeping the area. Base is home to the 134th Air Refueling Wing. But no word of any... uh... No word of any injuries, casualties, anything like that, but just that they are looking for an active shooter situation. Uh, The president is in the White House right now, and he is signing a trade deal with China. Says it is righting the wrongs of the past and delivering a future of economic justice and security for American workers, farmers, and families. And while, of course, all of that is going on, Nancy Pelosi is uh, uh, on the floor of the House right now. Talking about uh, the articles of impeachment that she has officially introduced into the House. In America. I know we get older. To decide who our president is. And things fall. Not Vladimir Putin in Russia. What does that have to do with the articles of impeachment that they have? Anyway, go on. Yes? We get older and things fall. Gravity. Gravity hits like a ton of bricks. But you've got to be able to do something about that, right? Got my band boobs hanging low. We've got, I mean, you've got, I don't know, because I'm not at that junction in my life, but please tell me that there is a bra strong enough to hoist those back up to at least the right ballpark area. Ballpark? I'm sorry. This is very serious. Right. This is impeachment. Yeah, bring it, bring it. I'm sorry. I apologize about someone. I I don't know if that's what happens. Like if if you're just screwed at some point. Here's Nancy. Is that my future? I don't know. (laughs) Here's Nancy Pelosi. We had hoped that the courtesy would be extended, that we would have seen what the process would be in the Senate. Short of that, uh, that time has revealed many things. Since then. Yeah, sure, Dan has. That's for sure. Sure I now send to the desk a resolution anointing and authorizing managers (laughs) for the impeachment trial of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, and ask for its immediate consideration. Uh, And then droopy dog Mitch McConnell over in the Senate. They did not pursue their own subpoenas through the courts. They declined to litigate potential questions of privilege. They pulled the plug as soon as Speaker Pelosi realized she had enough Democrat votes to achieve a political. Okay. Well, anyway, the the 
I guess the biggest takeaway from this, none of this was a surprise, except for the full list of impeachment managers. These are the Democrats who are going to act sort of as prosecutors in all of this. Uh, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, the two none uh, unsurprising uh, chairs of the Intelligence Committee and the Judiciary Committee. Val Demings out of Florida, Hakeem Jeffries from New York, Zoe Lofgren from here in California, Jason Crow in Colorado, and Sylvia Garcia in Texas. Um, what happens now is the House is going to vote on sending these impeachment articles to the Senate. It is going to pass. Everybody knows that. The Then they do what is probably going to be the worst parade in all of Washington, D.C., where they literally walk the articles down the hallway there in the Capitol building to the Senate. Such pageantry. In a big dramatic procession. Yes. Um, it's all for a photo op. The president tweeting today that impeachment was, quoting here, another con job by the do-nothing Democrats. And all this work was supposed to be done by the House, not the Senate. And I think, as we mentioned yesterday, that is going to be a theme of his reelection campaign, do-nothing Democrats. He's going to be able to point to the economy and say, look at how well we're doing. Even if he doesn't get to take credit for it, there's a lot of schools of thought over, over how long it takes for the economy to have an impact from any given president, whether it's five years or ten years even after somebody leaves office. But he'll be able to say Look at how great things are going. And what have the Democrats done in the House? They've wasted my entire administration with this phony pageantry. Right. Now, that being said, he's not being tried on the economy, even though that's his argument. One of his arguments against impeachment has been the economy is humming along. How could you possibly impeach a president when the economy is doing so well? That's not what they're impeaching him. Right. But he's always said there's nothing to see here, folks. Move along. So we'll see where this goes. I think the biggest issue is going to be whether or not Republicans vote to allow witnesses. And if so, how many? Democrats have said they only want four witnesses. But then Republicans get their say in it, too. Yeah, and you can – I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Republicans vote to allow witnesses, then they also will call Hunter Biden. I think that's a complete distraction. It's a sham. It's a clown show to have Hunter Biden up there. But oh, but I'll listen. You damn right. I w- that would be entertaining, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, that would be totally. the, that would be a key. One of the other things is that Senate Republicans. Um, there was a concern that after all of the basics are laid down, uh, you know, Thursday. If we start on Thursday, we get some of this stuff worked out. We get everybody sworn in and that sort of a thing. Then they present the case. Democrats would present their case against the president. That. The Republicans in the Senate would simply then vote to dismiss the articles of impeachment before anything really gets started. Just pull the plug on that thing. Make this motion to dismiss right away. Mitch McConnell has said he does not have the votes to do that, that there are enough Republicans in the Senate who say, listen, if this is as serious as everybody says it is, we need to go through the actual process. We're called upon by the Constitution to do this. They are serious enough about it to do that. Plus, you've got people like Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Mitt Romney, who's no friend of the president, who have said that they as Republicans are definitely looking at they haven't pledged to do this exactly, but they're looking at voting in favor of 
allowing witnesses to be called. Well, it looks like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders did not go at each other's throats last night, like some people were opining because of the big fight behind the scenes this week about Bernie Sanders. And did he say that a woman couldn't win? He denies that he said that. And the two did not go at it last night. We'll but, get some takeaways when we come back. But also, that exchange was the key. Yeah. That was a highlight of a two hour and 10 debate, two hour and 10 minutes. Did you watch every minute of it? I'm going to be honest with you here. Mm-hmm. I fast forwarded through the prescription drug price issue. That's a major I issue. I know, I know. And I felt guilty as I was doing it, but I just didn't want to hear them blather on. You were just on. talking to your father about the I ridiculous know, I cost. Know, and I feel like I let my own father down. And by it's but, something that affects all of us, and it's going to affect you. But holy crap. It's right around the corner. I don't need six people up there telling me the same exact thing for 12 minutes. That didn't, uh, that didn't appeal to me. All right. Your chance at $1,000 also coming up next. Pay for your prescriptions. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere. Federal prosecutors say... On the iHeartRadio app. Cool Avenatti. <laughs> love that guy. Love Avenatti. Arrested for violating conditions of his bail by committing multiple state and federal crimes while awaiting trial. He was arrested at a state bar court hearing in L.A. yesterday. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Where lawyers were trying to prevent him from practicing law because he <laughs> stole from his clients. Remember he stole from, like, a handicapped guy? Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, turns out that there is an, a report of an active shooter and a lockdown at McGee-Tyson Air National Guard Base. Um, and we're not quite sure what's going on, but Alcoa, Tennessee is where that is. They said that there were shots fired. They have not said if there were any casualties or injuries, but the base is currently on lockdown and they're looking for someone. Did you hear about this woman who pulled a kitchen knife on staff at a jewelry store in Orange County at South Coast Plaza? For what? Like she's going to rob the place? She walked into the store over the weekend. She asked to try on multiple high-end pieces and proceeded to walk out of the store wearing them. She was stopped by store security and she pulled out a kitchen knife and threatened them with it. (laughs) <laughs> It'd be better if it was like a butter knife or one of those pie serving things. Oh, the, the I'll, triangular. I will serve you. Hey, we got a thousand bucks to give away here so you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword change, C H A N G E, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's change to 200 200. And remember, you've got to pick up the phone. They will be giving you a call. If you don't pick it up, they'll move on and your money will go bye bye Looks like it's going to be coming from a 513 area code. Your next chance to win next hour here on KFI. Every hour, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. through 620. Number one trending thing on Twitter right now is the hashtag Never Warren. People are saying that um, that has started, but the algorithm that is that is behind Twitter realizes that the top three tweets about the hashtag all denounce people for using the hashtag never Warren. Now, last night's seventh Democratic debate, there were six Democratic candidates on the stage at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. By far the most boring debate they've had so far. And by far 
the most policy oriented debate that they've had so far. If you're waiting for Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders to separate themselves and go after each other, you're going to keep waiting. It did not happen. Now, Abby Phillips, a reporter for CNN, um, I think one of their head political reporters, had the question ready to go. Remember, we've said in the last couple of days, Elizabeth Warren said that Bernie Sanders told her two years ago, a woman can't be president. We're not ready for a woman president. Something a woman wouldn't lines. win. A I woman wouldn't win. Is what it was. It wasn't, I don't want a woman in the race. It wasn't, I don't believe in women running for president. It was just, I think, if it was said, a matter of fact, this country's not ready to vote for a woman as president. Yeah, and if it's if it's between the two of them, I mean, if it's literally just between Liz and Bernie and they're having this conversation, we're never going to know exactly what was said. But his statement that he put out, I thought was pretty clear in where he said, listen, I'm just saying that whoever is the candidate for the Democratic ticket, their characteristics will be weaponized against them by President Trump because that's how he runs campaigns. If it's Pete Buttigieg, he may mention the fact that he's gay or that he's left handed, which I found out last night. Can't vote for that guy. It may be that if you're Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren, that you're a woman. If it's uh, Joe Biden, it's that you're old. That's what Bernie Sanders was apparently talking about. Well, he also talked about the fact that Hillary Clinton defeated Donald Trump in the popular vote by nearly three million votes. However, we don't use popular vote in this country. We use the Electoral College with those key states that matter. And she didn't win those key states. Those people in the states that matter are not ready to vote for a woman. You're seeing the same polling with Elizabeth Warren. She's pulling the same numbers in those battleground states that Hillary Clinton pulled. You can have all the people and all the liberals in the world in Los Angeles and New York saying, yay, women, yay, let's go. It doesn't freaking matter. What I thought was the most fun part of this debate last night was when Abby Phillips was asking the question to try to generate some sparks between Liz and Bernie. Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator. But just that big round of applause was when he said there's no way I would say a woman can't be president because Hillary Clinton won with three and a half million uh, more votes. Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? (laughs) And listen, at that moment, Bernie's like, wait a minute. I just said I I never said that. (laughs) And she totally went with it. Right. Which is, I don't know. Some people are saying that she and CNN and all of the media are out the coronation has begun like they have chosen Elizabeth Warren is going to be the one CNN last night said a lot of the talking heads in the uh, post debate analysis said that Elizabeth Warren won the debate. Nobody won last night. She I mean, is great when it comes to policy and issues and caring and being one of the smartest people in the room. But but it's not going to happen for no. her. Um, one of the uh, one of the great. One of the reasons I love Twitter is because it's crowdsourcing humor. Somebody said last night, my grand, or my kid said, Elizabeth Warren looks like the grandma who doesn't bake cookies. Yes. <laughs> Which is your great aunt that never married. <laughs> um, all right. And cannot dance. We'll talk more about this coming up in Swamp Watch because there were some interesting points. Uh, foreign policy became an issue for the first time. Healthcare is still what divides these people. 
God, I just put myself to sleep. <laughs> I just did it. How just, about this? I just did it. Uh, the Bachelor Report with Petros. Oh, when we come back. right. What you watching Wednesday is coming up in just a moment. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. President Trump has signed a new trade agreement with China. It's expected to boost exports from U.S. farmers and manufacturers. The president saying during a White House ceremony that the agreement is righting the wrongs of the past. Also, a House committee chairman says his panel will investigate what he says are profoundly alarming text messages that have raised more questions about the possible surveillance of the former ambassador to Ukraine before she was kicked out of the Trump administration last spring. Hey, we get to uh, check in on TV with What You Watching Wednesday. The following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. And on Wednesdays, during What You Watch It Wednesday, especially during those high times of the year, we call them the high holidays, when either The Bachelor or The Bachelorette is on the air, ABC has uh, decided to make this yet another high holiday. We're now in week two of this latest iteration of The Bachelor. Petros Papadakis from AM570 LA Sports Down the Hall is our uh, Bachelor Report guy. P-Man, again, I just want to commend you for the sacrifice for, for what it is that you do for the people by watching this absolute garbage fire of a show. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Gary, because I, I thought I was going to have the week off. I did, too. Uh, I, uh, but the, the national championship game between LSU and Clemson, which, because I'm actually a college football analyst, which I also had to watch, uh, was on ESPN. I thought it was going to be on ABC. So ABC went ahead and ran a two-hour episode of The Bachelor. So I I was up on it, though. Well, to, to and, that end, let me ask you just very quickly, who do you think, which of the two quarterbacks, Joe Burrow or, uh, or uh, Trevor Lawrence, which one of those guys would make a better Bachelor? Ooh, probably Joe Burrow, because Trevor Lawrence is full God squad. Oh, is like he? All, yeah. Oh, I like, didn't know that. Praise Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not but, as entertaining when you're in that uh, realm of 24 women in one one house thing. Yeah, he's not going to let these chicks climb all over him like a jungle gym like the, like this, like probably like <laughs> Joe Burrow would. I mean, Joe Burrow won that national championship game and sat down in full uniform and started smoking a cigar, <laughs> which is pretty sweet. So... I'm guessing Burrow uh, would probably make a much better bachelor. From Ohio, cred in the South for life. Sure. Yeah, Burrow. All right. Uh, so where do we uh, where do we see this going this week? Well, it was just one thing happened, really, Gary. It was this champagne oh, gate, God. which is what it's being called on Twitter. Uh, hashtag champagne gate. Uh, have you heard anything I, about it, listen, or are you I, just coming into this raw dog? Well, I saw the memes, uh, and I saw the little the little videos that were made from this poor woman trying to slug a whole thing of champagne and then just getting yeah. blown up in the face by this bottle of champagne. And that was really, you know, kind of just the end of the end uh, for that person on a terrible night for her. That's Kelsey. And uh, Kelsey 
had this plan to bring a bottle of Dom on the first night and pop it with Peter the pilot, the bachelor, and have a sip of champagne and have their moment, right? Never got to it on the first night, but she got a rose anyway, no big deal. Time has passed. Uh, There's another kind of cocktail party they're having, and uh, they set up her champagne for her again. And there is another champagne set up uh, for Hannah A., uh, Hannah Ann from Knoxville, Tennessee, who is a smoke show. She put the smoke in Smoky Mountains, Gary, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. I do. I think I get it. Do you, do you, are you picking up uh, what you what are I'm putting, putting down? You betcha. Yeah, yeah. She is, she is hot. Anyway, uh, she ends up sitting down at the wrong champagne setup and drinking Kelsey champagne. Uh-oh. And Kelsey goes nuts. Here, here's the first clip uh, as the thing's developing. I, I have to say something. It's not okay what you did. I said this up. I brought this bottle from Des Moines. Don't, don't try to play dumb. I didn't know. You I, knew. I didn't. Tammy just went over here and told me. Bring Tammy Literally. here. Because this was my thing. I said, I had no idea. I would have never done I've that. Had this I had sub- no idea. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is my bottle. I bought it from central Iowa. Okay. Yes, Des Moines. All right. Which is a great area for champagne. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> so then, you know, Peter trying to be a good guy, you know, like Blake. I don't think Blake would make a very good bachelor either, would he? Yeah. I don't think he's adventurous enough. That's the thing. He wouldn't do the yeah. hot, hot, hot air balloon rides. He wouldn't do the kayaking. And Lord knows no. he's not going to travel internationally with a woman. I'd like to watch him kiss people with his tongue, though, on national TV oh with a gosh. mic on his lapel. I would. I just sorry. I, would. I feel like I've uh, just heard that. you just describing it. I feel like I heard it, and that's disgusting. Try to go the extra mile today. Because <laughs> uh, of my bad attitude. Uh, okay, so... The champagne has been stolen, but there's still a $20 bottle of Prosecco uh, that has been unopened. There we go. I got some speed on it. Look at that. That's my girl. Thank you. drink it from the bottle or from the cup? We can drink from the bottle. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm not a classy bitch all the time, so. There we go. All right, show me what she got to do. Oh. Are you okay? What? What the hell? Are you okay? I'm so... Well, oh, no. That's why you never drink champagne from a cup, Peter, dumbass. That's why you have no, to put it, it in the champagne flute. And I know she she took a swig from the bottle, but it was like someone had played a joke on her. It, well, it blew out of her nose. Well, you know, she turned it upside down very quickly. Right. So the bottle explodes, you know, with foam, and it blew the foam blew into her mouth and up her nose and out of her nose, and then she barfed up a bunch of bubbles. <laughs> and, you know, that pissed her off even more. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, that, that'll, you know, because you're pissed off. You know, it's like when you're mad at your kid and you stub your toe and you're just like, ah, you know, you shut up. Right. You know, I mean. Uh, it's their fault. That, that never that never happens around here. But uh, <laughs> not to not to make a diversion from Champagne Gate. But I spoke <laughs> at USC last night, and I I've spoken at USC every year or twice a semester for twenty years. Uh, and you, the kids used to get my jokes. Oh. Dude, they don't get it. They don't know nine zero two one zero. They don't know anything. 
It's time for us to I hang mean, it up, P. They don't even watch TV. No, they don't even know how a DVR works. Because they're freaking on the, the iPad watching uh, 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 Logan Paul. That's, you're making me sad now. It's a terrible world. Uh, you have young people. You know what it's I like. do. Um, who, uh, so who gets kicked out? What are we looking for next week? Oh, I don't even know. The whole thing was about champagne. Oh. And then later, uh, Kelsey is accused by Hannah Ann to Peter, the bachelor, which is a weak moment for my girl out of the Smoky Mountains. But uh, she accuses she accuses Kelsey of the B-word, Gary. So um, it was brought to my attention from, from Hannah. Hannah Ann that she feels like you're bullying her and that you, you called her a bitch, that you called her a princess, that she's fake. And if that is the case, like, that's not okay. With me. I didn't have a problem with her until she did what she did, and she knew what she did. Until she became and a know, bee. Yeah, but she's telling me that she didn't, so... And I'm telling you, she did. I don't like her. She knows that. Why? Because she can turn it on. She's trying to play the victim card, and she acts a certain way to you. In a different way in the house. Oh boy! It hurts that like she said that. It's just it's frustrating. Like I take my character very seriously. So her saying that you're bullying her—that's not the case. No. Uh, why is he acting like a shepherd that he's got to make sure that all of these women like each other? Right. Who cares? I don't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's bad television if they all like each other. Exactly. Let them fight. They're they're there for you. They're not there to be friends. They're there to have sex with you, your body. Yeah, man. I guess. Anyway, that's... <laughs> uh, so that was it. Champagne date. Oh well, uh, we're excited because uh, I know that this is going to be a good season. I just have a feeling that they're they're waiting because isn't other Hannah hanging around the building or she's she's still making appearances? Uh, Hannah Hannah B. Yeah. Oh, he got rid of her at the start. Oh, oh, I thought she was they still were like around. kind of nuzzling noses like Eskimos, and then all of a sudden, in a very Blake-like fashion, he said, "I can't do this." I can't. <laughs> Has Blake ever said that to you? No, but he. I think that's you know. Let's just put it this way: this will be a good season because unlike Blake and the Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Peter, the pilot from Westlake, is highly sexual. Heathen. He is a heathen. Yeah, perpetual boner. Uh, excellent. All right. Well, that makes for good television. P, thank you. Appreciate it. Right. Just right. like, do we need a glass? <laughs> Hang up. That was quick. With champagne? No. Yes, you need a glass. No, you cannot chug it. He said cup. Okay, yeah. whatever. You want to put it in a cup? Idiots. You don't <laughs> chug champagne, you jackasses. Now we know. Uh, more What You Watch on Wednesday. We come back. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You know what I started watching? No. Mrs. Fletcher. It's on, great. Yes. What is that? It's on know. HBO. Mrs. Fletcher. And we talked about it during What You Watch on Wednesday. It's about a woman whose son, she's a single mom, and her son 
goes to college and you're kind of following both of their journeys, her through her empty nest and what that means for her as a person and what it means for her as a mom. And he's starting out in college and he's trying to figure out it all. And it's really good. It's Catherine Hahn stars oh, yeah. in the show. Yeah. Okay. yeah. There's a lot of uh, porn involved. <laughs> Okay. At this juncture. She's an empty nester, and right. she's trying to figure out. She's a divorcee and trying mm-hmm. to figure herself out. So she's empty, empty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well. But maybe. not for long. No, not for long. Um, well, I just finished last night, as a matter of fact, the last episode <laughs> of The Morning Show on oh, Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it's so, there's a couple of things about it that are so well done. Uh, sort of the handling of the issues of he, sh- he said, she said. Yeah. And um, broadcasting I, I, and how broadcasting that works. morning yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did. There's some there's some behind the scenes stuff in there that was really spot on. Yeah. Um, but there were other parts of it that I didn't I didn't appreciate. I didn't like it was a very well done show. Eh, I mean, I've seen better, but it was it was um, uh, Jennifer Aniston annoyed me through most of the I show. I knew she would. Re- Reese Witherspoon was not nope. on top of her game. I think she was miscast. I like. I only it's, saw a couple yeah. episodes of it, but I liked her in the beginning. But Billy Crudup yeah. plays a character in that that is so. It, what's great about it is that three episodes in, you hate the guy. Is that the guy from Almost Famous? Yes. Got three it. more episodes in, you're like, oh my gosh, he's the only guy with a moral compass on the entire show. And then at really? the end, you're like, wait a minute, I thought. Well, he see, I, it was really well done. And I thought Mark Duplass was a great character too. Who is he? Uh, he's the executive producer that got can't. Uh, the executive producer. Chip. Mm-hmm. Um, very frumpy. I didn't like the fact that he was always messy. Oh, see, but I think executive producers are usually like that. Yeah, just um, very. But I, I think a, a guest star Emmy should go to Martin Short because he's yeah. only in a couple episodes, but he <laughs> yeah. nails that character. That I can't even explain who he is, but but he nails that character. And Steve Carell miscast. I liked him. Saw way too many. Michael Scott from The Offices, though. Yeah. Uh, See, but I can't like take that. him seriously in serious roles because, because of, of the 40-year-old virgin, because of, of The Office. Yeah. Yep. I, I can't take him seriously. Um, also, uh, Goop comes out, is it next week, I think? The yeah, Goop on thing. Netflix. We're watch that. I don't know. Uh, the Aaron Hernandez uh, Netflix documentary is also coming today, I believe. It's called Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez. The uh, former NFL player accused of uh, killing a couple of people. It's supposed to be fantastic. The trailer looks really good. Brandon wrote to us on Facebook at Gary and Shannon. If you all talk about the 2017 scandal, don't forget you Darvish was lit up by the Astros and they claimed he was tipping his pitches. Yeah. You Darvish still sucks. And then he says, <laughs> hashtag free Pete Rose, ban Cora. Excellent point. We're going to have to dive into Pete Rose at some point. Uh, I'm Joey, due for a rant. Alex Cora was let go by the Red Sox before MLB punished him. Uh, but they know he's in the doghouse, and we'll see what his punishment is. All right, coming up next, Michael Avenatti arrested in a courthouse <laughs> while they debated whether he should be able to practice law. A oh, fitting end a for nice such a piece of garbage. Jerry and Shannon will continue after this. I like that
You know, we should talk about that on the air. Let's do it in the 1 o'clock hour. All right, I'll write it in. We were just talking about the morning show and about the the sex in the workplace that goes on and really anywhere and how different people process it in a different way and how it means one thing to someone and it means something else to the other person and it's fascinating conversation to have because I think it happens to everybody until you're officially a couple or you have that talk or whatever. I think people come away from different romantic encounters with different ideas of what that meant what that means moving forward, why that happened, and different feelings about it. We um, forgot to mention that this is Tarzan Wednesday. Deep in the jungle, Tarzan continues to enforce his law, a law of right. <laughs> Light. I love a Tarzan Wednesday. Uh, we, uh, we've been following a couple of huge stories. Obviously, this is an historic day in Washington, D.C., where the House has voted to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate. The vote today, uh, just in the last 15, 20 minutes, wrapped up 228 in favor, 193 opposed to send the articles and the list of managers to the Senate. The um, The timeline is still a little spongy in terms of what's going to happen next. We believe that on Thursday, sometime tomorrow, they're going to begin the procedure of s- sort of setting up the rules, regulations, uh, getting things hammered out in terms of what it's going to look like. And then on Tuesday is when we would see the first actual testimony uh, from the managers that came over from the House. Attorney Michael Avenatti was taken into federal custody quite abruptly last night following a day-long disciplinary hearing in which the California State Bar was asking a judge to please prevent this guy from practicing law. He poses a, quoting here, threat of substantial harm to the public, they argued. He was on the stand when the court took a break and IRS agents placed him under arrest. (laughs) There's nothing nothing that makes me happier than seeing dirtbags taken out of society. I mean, this guy, there's, there, I have, found zero redeeming qualities to this guy. This was a guy who became a bit of a celebrity because of his former client, Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels, who said she had sex with the president and was paid to keep quiet about it. He filed multiple lawsuits on her behalf against the president. He went on cable news shows left and right. Vanity Fair wasn't kind to him. New York Times Magazine wrote him up as a rising star. And then he got so his image and he had conflated his image so much with the popularity that he had gained. And it wasn't all positive, but it was popularity that he thought at one point he was going to run for president. Yes. Remember, he thought he was going to run for president. Well, um, he is scheduled to go on trial next week in New York's federal court. If you remember, he was trying to extort Nike out of more than $20 million. Good luck with that. And then use the money to cover the rent for his apartment in Century City and buy a $50,000 Mercedes Benz, pay his legal bills. I mean, this guy was a, a, a walking pyramid scheme of just dirt and grime. He owed a bunch of spousal support. He owed uh, uh, just other clients tons of, of money, millions. 
I remember one client was in some sort of assisted facility. Uh, oh, that's right. It was a disabled person who was living in an assisted care facility, like a bad one, mm-hmm. not a good one, and had gotten a multi-million dollar settlement for his injuries. I forget how he got them or sustained them, but Avenatti went ahead and sued on his behalf and then stole the multi-million dollar settlement while this guy is languishing in some low-level assisted care facility. He had the money to get round-the-clock, one-on-one care at a brand-new home if he wanted, but Avenatti was using it to live this baller lifestyle. What a sick SOB. And it's one thing, I don't know if, morally this makes any sense it's one thing to steal from a guy like that who you and i would never know about right unless something like this came up but but it's not a celebrity that you're cheating out of money it's not someone high profile but he's also accused of stealing money from his highest profile client stormy daniels yeah taking something like three hundred thousand dollars from her as a result of all of this you can't push yourself into the spotlight like that and then Take money out of their pockets, you know, in this case, Stormy Daniels or whatever she wears to hold her money, and then claim like, well, gosh, it's I'm not the bad guy. All of these people are pointing the finger at me because I'm so successful as an attorney. When you're an a-hole to begin with, people are going to smell you out. Mm. Wow. That was a turn of phrase. (laughs) You know, that's something I would do. You know, I expect more out of you. I expect more in the, in terms of a filter and class and lack of scum. Say stuff for four hours, you're going to say a bad one every once in a while. Coming up next, Pete Rose did more for baseball than he did to hurt it. <laughs> oh, wait, no. We'll talk about that later. We're doing homeless talk when we come back. Yeah, we have a great soundbite from Gavin. Oh, my gosh. So and good. Listen, it, the, to me, this is one of the problems that I have <laughs> with the homelessness issue is that we're distracted from the real issues of what causes homelessness and how we need to fix it. Right. Because people like Gavin Newsom open their pie hole and start making sounds come out of it. Good Lord. We'll do it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue also at a chance at a thousand bucks right after the break. Home where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. At GDIT, we know cyber is the thread that runs across every endpoint, every network, and every person. We make cybersecurity a priority. GDIT Cyber. Secure today, smarter tomorrow. Learn more at GDIT.com slash cyber. You got a little, you can use much more. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM640 live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. There are new questions about what happened yesterday on that Delta flight from L.A. to Shanghai. It looks like now we've got a radio call to the control tower that's raising questions about why the pilot decided on that fuel dump. Uh, still no word exactly what's going on at McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base in uh, in Tennessee, just near Knoxville. 
The base went on lockdown after reports of shots fired and local sheriff's deputies responded to it. But we haven't seen an all clear yet. Uh, Even as of six minutes ago, the base is still considered on lockdown. But no word on casualties, no word on uh, anybody having been killed or anything like that. Just a report of someone with a rifle on the McGee-Tyson Air National Guard base. We've got $1,000 to give away. For your chance at 1000 bucks. text the nationwide keyword BANK, B-A-N-K, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BANK to 200-200. If you get that phone call, you're going to have to answer it to pick up 1000 bucks. Might be coming from a 513 area code, but don't worry if you don't win this time. We have an opportunity an hour from now. In fact, 20 minutes after every hour from 520 in the morning all the way through 620 at night, we give away, uh, what is it, a, I don't know, about a cool grand right here on Capitol. That's right. Well, the homelessness tour continues for the governor. Lucky guy. On the second day, he was visiting a care home near downtown L.A. Talking about a human crisis, in his words. Um, there's a couple of things that I that I, I heard on John and Ken yesterday that I wanted to share because I thought that they were spectacular examples of what's wrong with this guy's attitude towards the homelessness problem. He needs to recuse himself because he's a dumbass and he cannot figure out what's going on. Yes, zero perspective. The first thing is um, the idea of substance abuse on the streets, a massive, massive problem. Uh, many struggling, uh, not just with employment opportunity and housing opportunities, but many struggling with behavioral health issues, people with bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, paranoia that in many cases are self-medicating, drug or alcohol. Okay. Now, to that point, if he had stopped right there, it would have been perfect. He didn't. Uh, one cannot moralize that. For the grace of God, uh, go any of us. You may self-medicate watching TV every night. You may self-medicate when you're watching TV every night. Just watching the nightly news with a glass of wine. You, with your glass of wine. Is the same as somebody smoking crack in yes, a tent. Right. I'm one glass of wine away. You don't even know. From a living on 6th and Los Angeles. Razor's edge. You can imagine being out in the elements that is exactly over the course of many, right. many years. That's and, what I think about when I have my nightly glasses of wine. You are close. That I am so close to the elements. Would you pick a decision a, you to pick have a, a Chardonnay is not a decision to stick a needle in your arm. Would you pick a corner of your tent to poop or would you do it outside? I wouldn't poop in the tent. That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, you'd put a bucket there or something oh, just to keep it. Just like just to keep it yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> to keep it nice like Dorinda. Um, here's the <laughs> well, other thing. I'd make it nice. The, I'd make my tent real nice. The discussion of, <laughs> of people coming here from different parts of the country because California is a nice place to live. I mean, there's a reason we live here, right? It may be because you were born here, you grew up here, whatever it is. But also, it's a nice place to live. I mean, just geographically, physically, climatologically. Folks come here uh, for many different reasons. And I imagine there are many in that circumstance that, that may see California um, as a place of compassion, where we match our values with action. Um, and if that's the case... As human beings. Okay. I'm, I'm going to play just those few comments right there again. He's, again, he's just saying words that don't mean anything to anybody. But he's, saying, he's singing them now because the speech pattern that he's developed, because no one calls him out on it, is getting 
worse. Where we match our values with action. With action. Um, and if that's the case, if that's okay. as human beings, as human what beings, is he saying? What does that mean? Faith, people of faith. Um, we believe that uh, we have a responsibility to those human beings, regardless of whether they got here last week, last month, or were born here 30 years ago. Again, you what can't sing your saying? way out of a homelessness issue. And what is he saying? He's not saying Matching anything. Matching our values with Where we match our values with action. Um, and if that's the case, as human beings, as people of faith. Okay. It's a total word salad. He throws in a little cucumber, a little tomato, a little garbanzo bean action, throws in some carrots, and he puts it all together in a word salad. And it ain't delicious. Yesterday, um, well, I guess today is Wednesday, is it not? He signed an executive order as part of a comprehensive state response to homelessness. It calls for the establishment of the California Access to Housing and Services Fund that streamlines the availability of state land assets to temporarily house the homeless, uh, directing the Department of General Services to supply 100 camp trailers from the state fleet. Again, I it, when you say thing when we talk about, you know, 100 um, – a, a, a hundred tramp, uh, sorry, tramp trailers, camp trailers. You're talking maybe if you get a family in there, three or four hundred people that are off the street. And and again, to use his words, uh, we all go, but by God's grace here, that's five hundred people. There are a hundred and thirty thousand people in the streets in the state of California. A hundred and thirty thousand, and him standing up there with word salad. Using an awkward sing-song tone, ending his comments like he's a 15-year-old. Captain Retired on Twitter says Gary's daily dumbass count is currently two and rising. I feel like it's going to rise more. (laughs) Possible. We're going to talk about dumping fuel on kids' heads. Oh, yeah. The the radio call to the control tower doesn't make a lot of sense when you look at what happened yesterday. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Monica Ricks, you got some news? <laughs> Monica Ricks is not a dumbass. Thank you. Still a troll, though? Um, okay. You don't know I talk to words. I want to come put your lips on my shirt. We could blame it all on human nature. Stay cool, it's just a kiss away. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere. On the iHeartRadio app on this Wednesday, January 15th, uh, Tarzan Wednesday. Deep in the jungle, Tarzan continues to enforce his law, the law of right. Law of light. House voted to send impeachment articles to the Senate for President Trump's trial. That happened uh, just last hour, 228 to 193. Uh, also, the uh, the managers have been named for the Democrats in terms of the ones that will be prosecuting this case in the Senate. And they include Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler, uh, Intelligence Committee, Judiciary Committee chairs. Also, um, continuing situation there at McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. The Sheriff's Department responded to an active shooter situation. And the base has been on lockdown for some time, but still no word on exactly what's going on. No word that they've caught anybody. No word that anybody's been shot. Just that there was somebody with a rifle, they said. Well, it was a big story yesterday and continues to raise questions today about this Delta flight. This Delta flight was five minutes into a flight from LAX in route to Shanghai yesterday. 
When the pilot radioed to the airport control tower that he was having problems with the right engine on the jetliner, he says calmly, we have an emergency at this time. We have the audio as well. Right after that, this you'll hear the controller ask, do you need to come back to the airport immediately or do you need to fly in circles to uh, to let some fuel out? I'll bring you back to LAX immediately. Uh, or do you need to hold the burn fuel? Uh, you tell me what you need to do. Okay, W89, we're going to go ahead. Uh, we've got the engine and we have compressor stalled. Uh, we've got it back under control. We're going to come back to LAX. We're not uh, critical. We're going to slow to uh, 280 knots. And uh, watch turn us uh, downwind at 8,000, keep us out of the terrain, and then we'll turn back to LA. Okay, so you don't need to hold the down fuel or anything like that? Uh, negative. Uh, we'll be requesting runway 25 right. Less than 20 minutes later, though, when the plane is about 2,300 feet, it dumped fuel all over Park Avenue Elementary in Cudahy, hitting school children on the playground. They were treated by paramedics. No one was seriously injured. But the air traffic controller is saying, do you need to dump fuel? Because what happens in that case is that they will take you to a place where you can, you know, dump fuel safely. Yeah. They'll let you get up higher for one thing so that if you're at 10,000 feet or above and you start dumping fuel, it's going to disperse by the time it comes to the ground. It's not going to come, you know, uh, in such quantities and as one giant, you know, ball of ball, whatever, a strong stream of it's just going to feel like a mist at that point if it's from that high up. And they would do it. Also, not over people. Uh, They do it out in the wilderness or out over the ocean or something like that. The FAA says it is investigating, but did put out a statement already and saying in this emergency situation, the fuel dumping procedure did not occur at an optimal altitude that would have allowed the fuel to properly disintegrate into the sky before it hit school children. What Delta is saying is that the pilot had to dump the fuel in an emergency situation over this urban area to try to reduce the plane's weight before they came back to land. And it wasn't immediately clear how much fuel was actually dropped or what happened between the last communication that you heard between the pilot and the tower and the time he landed at the airport a few minutes later. Ross Amer is a CEO of Aero Consulting Experts, and the L.A. Times talked to him. He said that fuel dumping is very rare and is only used in cases of emergencies or if pilots have to reach a safe landing weight. Now, if you were going to Shanghai from L.A., you'd have an <laughs> S-ton of fuel on board. Yeah. And the air traffic controller would know that, too, which is why those questions were asked. And they say early on, um, I believe they refer to it as as heavy. Boeing 777, uh, call sign Delta 89 reporting a compressor stall. 181 souls on board, 12 hours of fuel. That's a lot of airplane fuel. Um, When a compressor stalls like that, though, they're saying that that could cause a loss of airflow through the engine. That, of course, could cause the engine to fail, and that would be be bad. Um, They are not considered a dire emergency, though. Um, They're relatively common and not considered a dire emergency that would not necessitate necessitate, an immediate landing. They're also saying that in, in an emergency situation like that, the pilots, depending on what kind of a, a, a situation it is and how much, whether it's dire like you're talking about or if it's there's a few minutes to work on it, the pilots will call headquarters from the cockpit. They'll they'll get a maintenance guy on the phone. They'll talk to people who are specials, specialists in compressor stalls, 
and go through the checklist with them on the radio to see if, in fact, they need to go through and do things like dump the fuel. And the instruction to release fuel could come from ground control at wherever Delta operations are, but it's the pilot's ultimate decision. The pilot is the one who is in charge of of deciding, do they come back? Do they try to make it all the way to Shanghai? Do they dump fuel where they do it when they do it? So even if operation says, yeah, you're probably going to want to dump 5,000 gallons or whatever it is, it's the pilot's decision because the pilot is the one who knows I'm over land, I'm at 2,000 feet or whatever it was, and I'm going to mess up a lot of people's afternoons if I do this. Well, and the, the, the plane was two-thirds full, they say, which would not have necessitated why can't I say necessitate today? Well, you just did. Um, it would not mean that you would need a decrease in weight because the plane was two-thirds full. It wasn't at capacity. Right. Interesting. So it's still a big question. What was this pilot thinking to to hit that toggle switch? And does I didn't realize that, that jet fuel would cause pain. That it would necessitate? That it would necessitate calling paramedics. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of a biohazard issue, wouldn't it? And it's an irritant. They were talking about people yeah, complaining yeah. it was irritating sure. their skin and their lungs. Well, which you're not I supposed to rub fuel all over your body. Kids I are- know you're into weird stuff. You eat cranberry sauce out of the can. That's not And you weird. like to lube up with fuel. For those of you who love cats, we have yet more evidence that they are out to eat you. All they're doing when they're <laughs> sitting there looking cute is just waiting for you to die. Of course they are. They're cats. Gary and Shannon will continue on this Tarzan Wednesday. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This is funny. The Supreme Court justices this morning were hearing a case considering the federal employee... Federal employee that is arguing that his employer had engaged in unlawful age discrimination. And John Roberts, Chief Justice John Roberts, is asking, what if a hiring person were to say, okay, boomer, is that actionable? (laughs) And apparently laughter took over the courtroom. Good. The lawyer at the podium did not skip a beat, although the first this is probably the first time OK Boomer has been uttered in the hollowed walls. And he said, well, if the speech in the workplace calling someone Boomer or saying unflattering things about them in age when considering them for a position, then yes, of course it's actionable. So Roberts presses on. So calling somebody a Boomer and considering them for a position would be actionable. And the lawyer said, well, if the decision makers are sitting around the table and they say we've got candidate A who's 35 and we've got candidate B who's 55 and a Boomer... And it's pretty tired, you know. I think that absolutely would be actionable. Nice. Uh, a couple of military base things to update you on. There was a lockdown that that was a lockdown at McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. They say everyone's safe. A suspicious person with a rifle. They said it turned out to be a misunderstanding. A student there, they now say, says, didn't see what they thought they saw. Yeah, no one, no knew one was, was shot, nobody injured, nothing like that. Also, uh, at Pearl Harbor, military officials say a deadly device has been taken out of a car, an unauthorized car, at the gate of Pearl Harbor. Something like a, a mortar, live mortar round, something like that. Well, it's long been talked about among pet owners. It's a dark question, but 
If you died an old cat lady and nobody was looking for you, would your cat eat your body? And now we have new evidence that the answer is a resounding yes. How did they come to this conclusion? They had cats eat bodies. Well, not <laughs> yes. didn't bring the cat to. They have a body farm at Colorado Mesa University's Forensic Investigation Research Station, which is literally a body. They take donated bodies and they lay them out in the desert now, and they go and check on them every few days or weeks to see how the bodies decompose my parents are both signed up to donate their bodies to science mm-hmm. when they die i don't think they envision their body going to this farm and an, a cat gnawing away at it in in the sake of answering the question will the cat eat the old cat lady um this the body farm is surrounded by a 10 foot high wire topped fence that goes uh, as far as 2 feet underground to keep out the large animals right the large scavengers that would be in the area but it's not impervious they have prairie dogs that will tunnel under there and they also said that there are cats skunks and snakes that will slip through the gaps in the fence and in this case there is a a landfill that's not too far away where a bunch of feral cats live they have cameras set up at the facility that have now caught these feral cats rolling up and gnawing on the dead bodies. Quick gas go around, Blake. Quick oh. gas go around. <laughs> we, you and I know the answer to this, but the others don't. Which part of the body do the cats wow. like to gnaw on the most? Got it. Ooh. Blake. How specific do you want me to get? Very. Very. Very? I think we go with cheeks on that one. Cheeks. Okay. Okay. But, like uh, face? face? Face cheeks. Sorry. Oh. Face right. cheeks. <laughs> Nicholas. Okay. The tips of the fingers. Hmm. Okay. Monica. I'm going to go with the butt cheeks. Yeah, you are. Well. You're all wrong. The answer is wrong. All of those are wrong. Is it the stomach? No. Is it head? No. Neck? It's their arms. Really? Weird. The cats love to gnaw on. what part of the arm? Yeah. The arm. Is it a cheek-shaped arm? Like near near the hands? Like where they would normally get pet? Like the forearms. Like almost what you would consider your drumstick, Mm. perhaps. Oh. And not your calf muscle. They said the arms. So the areas that once held them so nicely and jumping like that. So the next time you're gnawing on some chicken wings, think about a cat gnawing on your arm. Your arm Delicious. I this love is chicken wings. The yeah. University of uh, California Davis School of Veterinary Medicine is not surprised by the cat behavior. There was one cat behavior researcher. No, because cats are apples. Well, listen, that look. Everybody talks about how aloof cats are compared to dogs, and how they could care less whether you're there or not. They actually just hate you. They're just yeah, they're waiting. Yeah. They're just biding their time, right. hoping that you die before they do. When you look over at that cat, and that cat licks its lips, it's mm-hmm. thinking about your forearm. <laughs> yeah, that's all it's doing. Now, wait, wait. Before you get into this, well, dogs would do it too. No, they wouldn't. No, dogs would not do that. In fact. There was an Ala Alsatian dog in Germany. I don't know if that is that's a type of dog. Um, they said that there was a deceased person who, within about forty-five minutes of their death, was chewed on by the dog. Now, wait before you say. See, that's proof. The dog had a full bowl of food, so we knew it wasn't hungry. This is a German Shepherd. Oh, so they're saying that with a full bowl of food. They knew the dog wasn't hungry. There's no reason for him to start chewing on their master, except the dog so loved the master hmm. that he tried to revive the man oh. and know. ended up biting the dog out of distress. Not because he was hungry, but because he was trying to save his master's life. That's a beautiful story. That's the difference between cats and dogs. That's exactly right. That's why we're a dog show. Or not a cat show.
Dog show. Except for when Amy King's here. Does she know about this study? I think she's willing to take her chances. I think she does know about it. I think you're right. And I think she doesn't care. Right. In fact, she might even consider it an honor she's to like, have been fully no. consumed by the cats that she has taken care of for so long. All right. We'll talk trending when we Can come we get back. A, uh, by the way, Nick, would you do me a favor and put a call into Amy King? Make sure she's okay. Check on her forearm. <laughs> we haven't seen her in a few days. <laughs> she does wear long sleeves a lot. <clears throat> anyway, all of the trending stories next on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. By the way, nothing you can tell me about how great your cat is will turn me into a cat person. Uh Uh-oh, have the emails begun? Yeah, just keep it. In fact, before you send me the email about your cat, sit down, read it to your cat, consider it done. (laughs) All right? That's, uh, and, and tell me if your cat pays attention to well, what you're saying. listen, Gary, people are very close to their pets. Uh, people are very I... close to their cats. And just because they're not for you doesn't mean they're not for somebody else. <laughs> cats shouldn't be, well, I'll keep my opinion to myself. I'll just say, listen, if I started reading something to my dog, his ears are going to perk up and he's going to wait until I'm done before he walks away from me. Yeah, your cat's not going to listen to you. That's not going to listen. You don't care. He's heard it all before. He don't need you. He needs to eat you. He needs your forearm. He needs your forearm. He's hungry. (laughs) What else is going on? (laughs) Time for What's Happening. On Nancy Pelosi, big in the news today, she announced the name of seven House Democrats who will act as the impeachment trial managers and make the case against the president in the Senate. No shock. Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler... And then uh, Hakeem Jeffries, Jason Crow, Zoe Lofgren, Val Demings, and Sylvia Garcia. Of those seven, is it seven? Yeah, seven. I mean, Nadler and Schiff were the easy ones. Right. Uh, Crow was a lawyer. Sylvia Garcia was a judge. Val Demings was a, a chief of police. Hakeem Jeffries, a private lawyer. Zoe Lofgren, though, was the one who's going to have the most impeachment experience. She was a staff member on the Judiciary Committee during Nixon's impeachment. Obviously served in Congress during Clinton's impeachment, uh, and she happens to be on the Judiciary Committee. So Fascinating. <laughs> really? That was not a very – believe you. That's fascinating. There you go. Air National – you sounded like a cat the first time and then a dog the second time. Uh, Air National Guard Base in Tennessee was on lockdown today because of a report of a suspicious person with a rifle. Base officials now say, no, didn't happen. Some student apparently on the base – didn't see what they thought they saw was the statement out of the base. So uh, nobody hurt, nobody, no big problem. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has announced its inductee class for 2020. We have uh, weeks of open voting, and the nominees include the Doobie Brothers, Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, Notorious B.I.G., T-Rex, and Whitney Houston. Four of the inductees were on first-time ballot. Doobie Brothers, Whitney, Notorious B.I.G., and T-Rex. This I understand less than voting for sports Hall of Fame members. 
Yeah. I feel like there should be different um, different halls of fame for different genres of music. I don't know. You've been there, right? I, when we were I in have. Cleveland for the convention, we didn't get a chance to go. But. When I was in Cleveland for a week, uh, the second time, I did go, and it was great. I spent a lot of time in there. I mean, there's the exhibits are really well done. Also, it's the only thing to do there besides the Jack Casino, and I wasn't going to gamble in the middle of a Tuesday. Why didn't you guys go during the convention? It was free for everybody. Uh, I don't it was know. Busy. We, we were, were so, so busy. busy. We were so tired at the end of the day. We Please. get it. You're busy. <laughs> we had interviews with important people. <laughs> Did you see our friend Versary on Facebook was this week? I didn't get the same message that you did, but yeah. So it it had pictures of you and I back when I used to post things on Facebook, and <laughs> the most liked picture, our whole friend Versary, mm-hmm. um, the picture that was the most commented or liked or whatever, and is the story of our friendship <laughs> is this picture of you and me and Anthony Weiner, <laughs> which I think is indicative of the show. Oh, we miss that guy. Not really. Um, okay, Boomer made its first appearance in the Supreme Court today. Chief Justice John John Roberts, who is a Boomer, uh, turned 65 in a couple of weeks. He was um, there was a hypothetical exchange to try to figure out when an older federal employee might be able to file a lawsuit under the Age Discrimination and Employment Act. And he said, "So the hiring person who's younger says, okay, Boomer, once to the applicant." Apparently, that's not okay. The, the, attorney, the, the big story is right. Okay, Boomer made its way into the Supreme Court. But the uh, larger takeaway for me is the fact that the lawyer testifying was like, yes, that's actionable. Like, you can't say that when you're sitting across from Chris Little and he's interviewing you to come work at KFI. He can't be like, okay, Boomer, because that shows discrimination, which I think is ridiculous. I was leaving a doctor's appointment today, and I'm paying the guy at the garage. And he says, were you here yesterday? And I said, no. And he said, oh, well, it must have been another pretty lady. And I said, thank you. He comes back with my change and he says, I mean that with all respect in the world. I mean that with I I respect you. And I'm like, it's okay. You can give someone a compliment, but apparently you can't. You can't joke around. You can't compliment. We're done with all that. That's too bad. It is because Chris Little's interviews used to be way out of bounds. don't remember you don't remember i don't remember it being out of bounds he asked me if i was like the size of a if i was this what did he ask me did he ask about the dirty joke no well no. maybe he did ask me to tell him a joke and he asked me if i was in a blend oh, tell me a if joke. i was two inches was. tall and i was in a blender how would i get out yeah i got that like one that. too um <laughs> i was what? like who is this crazy person <laughs> obviously it worked um the new james bond or i should say the next james bond after daniel craig may not be a white guy but definitely will not be a lady, Barbara Bro- Barbara Broccoli, uh, I guess is the in charge of the franchise, said that James Bond would not be a Jane Bond, but could replace Daniel Craig with somebody else after um, this next movie comes out, which is going to be his final time as a 007. So now they're Bernie Sanders. They're like, there's no way a woman will be James Bond. Right. <laughs> Yes. Back in 2015, Daniel Craig said he would rather slash his wrists than return as uh, as 007. But, of course, he came back uh, for this next one called No Time to Die, which Billie Eilish is recording the theme song for it, by the way. Um, Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
A Christian school in Kentucky is being accused of expelling a freshman because they saw an image of her celebrating her birthday with a rainbow cake. There's got to be something else. There has got to be something else here. And I feel like it's planted. I feel like Um, this is one of those planted stories to show how homophobic America is. Well, it's, it's also mom potentially trying to control this story, saying this makes no sense. The school says she was not expelled solely for the social media post that she had violated the student code of conduct several times over the last two years. That's there's something else to it. And I would be more interested in hearing the school's side of it than I am mom's side of it. So how many chicken wings do you eat in a single sitting? My husband can eat about 75. And I've seen it nearly happen. Not my food. It's not your that's not your deal. It's not my food. Well, they found that the average number of chicken wings you eat in a single sitting has doubled in the past two years. Because America fat. But <laughs> two years and you double that? I I also feel like we reached peak wing long time long time ago, years ago. I don't know if you've ever reached peak wing. P writes in and says She's waiting. This is she's describing her cat. She's waiting for me to pet her so I can smile and play with her so I can laugh and feed her so I can clean her box. At least she's not going where people can step in it. Can we not with these emails? Because I won't be able to finish the show. I can't do it. Okay. Hey, listen, if you feel like your cat is superior, that's fine. You're playing into their game. You You're not, just playing into their game. They also, win. Can you also not talk? My cat is a Sheba, and she is waiting for me to honor her and celebrate her. And then she's going to eat you. <laughs> All right. Um, Horrible. Pete Rose, when we come back. My dog will lick the most gruesome food off of my fingers to help me clean myself. Will your cat do that? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> they like to lick all sorts of. All right. On themselves. We're... That's what they do. Mm-hmm. That's what cats do all the time. And we got a thousand bucks for you to buy a new cat when we come back. Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Still waiting for what is uh, probably going to be the worst parade in Washington, D.C. When uh, Democrats from the House walk over with the articles of impeachment in the Capitol to deliver them to the Senate. Very ceremonial situation that's going on there. They voted this morning 228 to 193 to send the two articles of impeachment to the Senate for President Trump's trial. Hey, we're going to have to do this story coming up in the one o'clock hour. Nick has uncovered a story about the only remaining tape of Super Bowl one, the intact original television broadcast. There's only one copy of it. And the story about why it hasn't come to light and why we're unable to see it is indicative of why the league sucks. Ah. The NFL as an entity. This seems not weird the that there would only be one copy of that. 
Well, the thing is, the Super Bowl won, you know, 1967. It, nobody envisioned it becoming our whole life. That's true. It is, was that played in L.A.? Um, Chiefs Packers, yes. I know. but Memorial, I, yeah, the Coliseum. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword talk, T A L K, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's talk to 200 200. If you win, they'll call you by phone. Make sure you answer the phone to pick up a thousand bucks. You don't answer, you don't win. But you got another chance an hour from now, all the way through, uh, let's see, 20 minutes after the hour, all the way through 620 tonight. We give away a thousand bucks an hour on KFI. We have told you about the Houston Astros setting up a video camera in center field at Minute Maid Park, connecting it to a video feed in the clubhouse so that players or team employees could alert the batters to whether the opposing pitcher was throwing a fastball or a breaking ball. Pete Rose is now weighed in because Pete Rose Uh was banned from baseball for essentially betting on his own team to win, which is ridiculous. When you look at what Pete Rose did for the game, it's so much greater than a stupid bet. And he weighed in yesterday. Just saying, his performance on the yes, field. Yeah. Saying that he never tainted the game the way the Astros did. He uh, said, I was wrong, but I didn't taint the game. I didn't try to steal any games. I never voted against my team. I bet on my team every night because that's the confidence I had in my players. And I was wrong. He said, but this is a little different. It's a lot different, actually. And I think that's why the commissioner came down so hard. But not hard, not as hard as they came down on you, Pete. Yeah, so the, the manager, general manager, suspended by MLB and then fired by the Astros. Alex Cora, who is neck deep in all of this, has also been fired by the Red Sox, but his punishment from the league hasn't come down because they haven't finished their investigation into what the Red Sox were doing. Now they're talking about adding technology to baseball to prevent this from going on. And I don't like it. There are certain things that could potentially be changed, and they're talking about certain college programs that do... Um, radio communications between the coaches and the catchers. A lot like you'd see in football where the coaches or offensive coordinator, whoever's calling the plays, can talk directly into an earpiece inside the quarterback's helmet for a certain amount of time before each play. And they're talking about doing that with the catchers now so that they could eventually also talk with the pitchers and simply call a pitch without hand signals, just directly into an earpiece. The more you get down that line, you're going to have nine guys on the field all with earpieces in because the positioning of the players also depends on what pitch is being called sometimes. And then if you've, if you've got guys on base, you've got different coverage plays. Uh, you've got wheel plays. You've got bunt coverage plays. All of those can change on on each individual pitch. Pete Rose played from the 60s to the 80s. He went on to be a manager. He was a switch hitter, all-time MLB leader in hits. Games played, at-bats, singles, and outs. Three World Series rings, three batting titles. Tough as nails. One MVP, two gold gloves, rookie of the year, 17 all-star appearances at an unequaled five positions. Second base, left field, right field, third base, first baseman. Pete Rose is a treasure, and I'm tired of him being banned from baseball, which clearly is tainted. The fact that he bet on his own team, not a big deal in 2020. And now he's relegated to writing anything you want him to write on a baseball at a convention center in Las Vegas. It's not right. 
And I'm tired of it. I didn't. Wow. I feel like we touched a nerve there. Well, I haven't done that rant in like five years. We need to let it out every once in a while. Because it's ridiculous what they did to him. Bastards. Want to talk about politics? Yeah, less contentious topic when we come back. We'll do politics. We'll get into Swamp Watch on Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. You just heard Chris Ann Carlo's report in Monica's news there about Avenatti getting his bail revoked. We'll be hooking up with Chris at the top of the hour to get more details on what went down in court. This after he was arrested by the IRS while in court yesterday. <laughs> When they were trying to take away his law license. Can you imagine him being, getting a heads up on that and watching that? Oh, go so down. good. Uh, Virginia has moved to the brink of becoming the 38th state to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. The Equal Rights Amendment. Hello, 1972. <laughs> um, Congress sent uh, the ERA to the states in 1972, passed it with bipartisan support. Uh, we're not ever certain if this thing would ever become an actual amendment, though. Um, 38th would mean that it's the two-thirds that are required to go, and then everybody would vote on it. We'll see. Uh, officials say a lockdown has ended at McGee Tyson International Guard Base in Alcoa, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. There was originally a report of an active shooter, which ch- kind of changed to a suspicious person with a weapon. And then a spokesman for the base now says they think the student who reported it didn't see what they thought they saw. So no shots fired, nobody injured. Um, There was also a strange story out of Pearl Harbor where there had been a shooting a few weeks ago. But at Pearl Harbor, they said they found an unexploded live mortar round inside an unauthorized car at the the, uh, front gate to the base at Pearl Harbor. So three people detained in that. All right, let's go to Washington, get in some swamp watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp watch. People are now sending us pictures of them and their cats. Don't. You're not... What is the point of that? Is, is the argument like, oh, we're going to convince him and he'll have a cat by the end of the day? What do you think is worse, my anger over Pete Rose or your anger over cats? Ooh, that's kind of neck and neck. I think they're it? neck and neck. <laughs> the House voted today to send articles of impeachment against the president to the Senate and approve seven Democrats to serve as uh, pseudo prosecutors in the third trial of a U.S. president. Uh, almost entirely along um, party lines. There was one Democrat who voted no. I don't think we've seen exactly who that was yet. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts is expected in the Capitol building on tomorrow to swear in the senators who will act as jurors in all of this, although the trial itself really won't get underway until after the ML King holiday. Happy birthday, by the way, to ML King today. Um, so all of that is uh, is in the process now. We're waiting for – right now Congress um, is busy honoring former NFL player Steve Gleason. He's getting, I think, the Congressional Gold he Medal. ALS. 
um, and members of Congress are getting up and talking about Steve. In the background of all of this, they're dealing with or they'll deal with a procession where members of Congress, members of the House actually literally walk down the hallway across the Capitol and hand over those articles of impeachment to the Senate. Uh, Nancy Pelosi earlier today. As I considered that his private ATM machine, I guess, and said he could say to the president, he could make, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Do you paint houses too? What is this? Do me a favor. So we have a situation that is very sad. You ever have a friend come over and paint your house? I did have a friend paint my garage. Oh. Well, then. But then again, it was like, don't fix anything. Just put a coat of paint on it. Like, if I'm going to ask for a favor from you, it's going to be like, hey, can you drop me off at the car repair shop here in Burbank? Because um, my car's ready to be picked up. And you'd be like, paint your house. Right. But anyway, perspective. Ah, wait. To the deadly Holy hell, Tarzan Wednesday just can surprise a person. <laughs> this was Kevin McCarthy also. Asked what a sin and acquittal would mean. <laughs> she said it didn't matter. Idiots. The president is impeached <laughs> forever. Is that what this is all about? Oh. That's very dramatic, Kevin McCarthy today. The White House signaling that it doesn't expect this trial to last longer than two weeks, saying that the Trump team will present a very strong case for the president. They were asked whether Trump would go ahead with his plans to deliver the State of the Union, even if the impeachment trial hasn't concluded Mm. by then. And a senior administration official told reporters, I think it's extraordinarily unlikely that we'd be going beyond two weeks. Okay. What if it's exactly two weeks? If they start on Tuesday, exactly two weeks later would be Tuesday, February 4th, which is when the president is scheduled to deliver his State this of the Union address. The president doesn't give a anything, any Fs about this impeachment trial. He will do his State of the Union speech regardless of what is going on. Uh, imagine, I'd put all my money on that. Could you imagine the victory lap? I mean— He's going to be acquitted in the Senate. Right. Could you imagine the victory lap if early Tuesday, February 4th, they take the vote, he's acquitted. Later, February 4th, he rides in on a chariot with people with palm fronds feeding him grapes as he goes down that aisle to give a State of the Union. There will be some sort of delay that somebody is going to be able to come up with to prevent that from happening. There'll be some sort of delay well, on the vote, some sort of... And it's at the invitation of the Speaker of the House that he gives this address. So she would have the power to reschedule if necessary. Could you imagine? That would be great. Um, a couple of weird stories. State Department... Oh, we should... I'll play for you the one highlight from, from last night's debate, uh, the Democrats' debate. But also a weird State Department story where there were supposed to be briefings today on Iran that have been canceled. Explain that. Tell you who Ann Kirkpatrick is. A bunch of stuff coming up. Gary and Shannon. Enjoying them. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I think Gary's hatred of cats goes back to Kevin. Kevin. I had to choose between a cat and my son. 
I chose my son. Which sounds like the speech close to the end of a movie. But I chose my son. Kevin lived out a full and healthy life. You don't know that. We assume. We think. In the middle of Swamp Watch, talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C., the State Department canceled a couple of classified congressional briefings today that were supposed to focus on embassy security and our relationship with Iran. Uh, Members of Congress are pretty pissed off. Staff members still trying to figure out the decision by the president to go after General Soleimani. The cancellations also coincided with the release of documents that suggested that Rudy Giuliani had put former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, uh, Yovanovitch, Yovanovitch, under surveillance. And apparently State Department didn't want to answer questions about that stuff, so they canceled these two uh, these two important briefings, which left some people questioning. You know who Ann Kirkpatrick is? Yes, she is a state senator out of Arizona, right? Yeah. Uh, no, a uh, member of the House. She's oh. State representative out of out of Arizona. But she said in a statement she's going to begin alcohol treatment next week. She suffered a serious fall that was linked to drinking. And she wrote in a statement that she's going to take a leave of absence to the House uh, from the House. I'm finally seeking this help after struggling to do so in the past. I'm really ready to admit that I like countless other Americans, suffer from this disease. Good for her. She's 69 years old, and I think when you go public with that, it helps other people too. Um, So she was one of those who was not there. I think there were nine or ten people, uh, members, who were not there for the uh, vote to uh, approve the articles of impeachment today. The Democratic Party's liberal wing is a little bit worried about this fight between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. This fight about... Politics of gender. Oh, yeah, about whether or not Bernie said to Elizabeth, a woman can't win the presidency. A lot of voters fear it's coming at the worst possible time with the leadoff Iowa caucuses just three weeks away. They have been credited with pushing their progressive ideas into the main spotlight, including Medicare for all, tuition-free college, Green New Deal to combat climate change. And they're worried that if these two fight, which they didn't last night, but if they do, that Joe Biden will get the crown. And Joe Biden is a Republican, according to the liberal wing of the liberal party. Well, none of that was evidence. I wasn't – last night was the seventh debate. They were at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. The takeaways for me was that it was the most boring because it concentrated most on policy – But when you talk about the six people who were on stage last night, their policies aren't wildly different. None of them are. Uh, The one thing you would I would say is that Pete Buttigieg and uh, Amy Klobuchar appear to be the most moderate, especially because the the stage is dominated by Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, um, Bernie Sanders and Tom Steyer on that side. And then you got Pete and uh, and Amy over there on the on the other side. It's it's an odd thing that we do where we put these people up there and then try to throw little pieces of bait out there to see which one of them is going to react to it. Abby Phillips was one of the uh, CNN moderators and she had asked a question of Bernie Sanders. Did you say that a woman can't win the presidency? And he went on to explain, he's like, it'd be crazy if I did this. I for years have said that a woman could be president. I said it back in the eighties. I would say it again today. I mean, Hillary, his example was Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three and a half million votes. So why would I it would be insane for me to say that a woman couldn't win the 
the presidency. So, but again, it's not a popular vote in this country. We yeah. use the Electoral College, and in those battleground states, Hillary Clinton didn't do well. And Elizabeth Warren's not doing well in the same areas. They're not ready to vote for a woman for whatever reason. It's a matter of fact. It's not an opinion. It doesn't have any feelings assigned to it. It's just facts. It's polling. But we also have to say, I mean, there are people who will vote, or I should say there will pe- are people who will not vote for her because she's a woman. Same thing, there were people who voted for Donald Trump because they didn't want a woman. There are also people who voted for Donald Trump because they hate who she is. Not not that she's a she. She just hated the personality that was encapsulated in that woman's body. They said that Bernie Sanders hit his usual notes. Uh, you're not, you're not going to turn anyone off. He's not going to turn anyone on because Warren was totally solid. Uh, Biden, again, more of the same. He stumbled in spots. He wasn't as crisp or energetic as in the last debate, um, but was strong on a forceful foreign policy when he made his case for that. And national unity as well. They said but Pete Buttigieg kind of shrunk from the spotlight more than he did in the other debates. He did. And, you know, what's interesting is I was expecting him to make this push like this was his push two weeks, three weeks before the uh, Iowa caucuses to make the case. I belong here. I and he's he is probably the most well-spoken in terms of I saw him described as an over explanatory Sunday school teacher. He's the most well-spoken up on that stage. But There was no spark to him last night. And then the afterthoughts, Amy Klobuchar, uh, who did not stand out in ways that she has in other debates. And Tom Steyer talked at length about climate change. If you're into that issue, uh, you liked what he said. But again, fought for time amongst the four big ones. Small technical issue as well. Tom Steyer was the one who looked at the camera all the time, which is weird in those debates. The debates you usually see the person who's responding to the question responding to the moderator not directly to the camera and that's what tom steyer was doing but i just found that a little bit odd a little distracting coming up next we'll get a look at what went on in the courtroom with michael avenatti last night and today chris and carlo will be along up next on gary and shannon you probably think that you are better now Turn on that microphone and regale all of us with your singing. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Didn't get a lot um, a lot of detail into uh, Swamp Watch, but the president today described this initial trade agreement with China as righting the wrongs of the past and delivering a future economic justice and security for American workers, farmers, and families. President signed this today. And uh, on that, it looks like the Dow Jones Industrial Average has set a record, closed for the first time over 29,000. It was uh, just the last few minutes of trading, things bounced back up. It had been in positive territory all day, but had been higher. It had been up over the 29,100 mark. But again, closed at about 29,030, which is up about 91 points from the day before. So Michael Avenatti is in court last night and he uh, gets arrested because there was a problem with his pretrial behavior. Hmm. He was 
being brought up on charges that he should not be able to practice law anymore, that he is harmful to society if he continues to practice law. And while he's in court, he's arrested again. He had to show up in court again today. Chris Ancarlo has been covering this story. Chris, what's going on? Well, yeah, he showed up, and uh, this time he was in custody of U.S. Marshals. He was wearing his full suit. It was not in the jumpsuit that you often see prisoners wearing, but uh, appeared before a judge because prosecutors were arguing that he was basically an economic danger to the community. And the reason that they were saying that is that uh, he has continued, in their words, to hide money from debtors, including a couple of his former wives, and also hide money from uh, former law partners, and uh, in doing so, violated California law, and they say also committed mail fraud. So it's important to understand that this hearing today was... Um, not an indictment, right? So what I mean by that is because he was waiting trial here in Southern California, he's also awaiting trial in New York, uh, there's something called pretrial services. Basically, it's a, a set of rules that you have to abide by before the trial starts. And part of those pretrial rules were that he would report and any transactions or certain things uh, to the court. And um, they are prosecutors are arguing that he was not doing that and that he was in fact doing the opposite, which is that he was trying to hide and conceal this money, which again brought about new laws that could have been broken. The judge agreed that there was probable cause that he broke a new set of laws. And because that was in violation of the pretrial agreement. Is he going to stay in custody? Is that the plan? He is, yeah. And, uh, so he, he was let out of the courtroom by marshals, and uh, they are now figuring out how to get him to New York City because he starts his trial there next week. Apparently, the judge in New York was not pleased about the timing of this because of a uh, fear that perhaps it would knock the timeline off course with that trial, which uh, has to do with Nike and... Um, some uh, some money there, but uh, no less, he will be taken to New York conceivably as soon as two days from now on Friday. Um, the U.S. Marshals do have means to get somebody from point A to point B, so it's not exactly going to be the sort of tr- travel that Michael Avenatti is used to. But, yeah, but he doesn't have to go through TSA. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> um, what was his behavior like? You know, uh, he was he's a guy who knows that people are watching And so I know that as he walked through, I'm sure in the back of his head, he was just saying composition, 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 right? So he appeared cool, calm, collective. He walked in as the marshal let him in. His uh, lawyers had not seated themselves at the table yet. Walks up to the table, sits down, uh, no sign of any, you know, frustration or anger or fear or anxiety, Uh, takes his glasses, puts them on and starts looking at papers on on his desk no real recognition of uh anybody else in the courtroom until his lawyers sit down and then they uh, go into a little bit of a gaggle while they wait for the judge to come in so i'm watching him as the as the proceedings continue and it was actually a very acrimonious set of proceedings because the judge for avenatti Actually, uh, he claimed misconduct by the prosecutors, and the judge was like, are, are you in my court saying that the prosecutor is 
you know, performing misconduct. And he says, absolutely, 100%, without a doubt. Basically saying that the prosecutor was overreaching and was, you know, trying to make a bigger deal out of these allegations than was already there. And that perhaps he was working in cahoots with a former uh, assistant U.S. attorney and I mean, on and on and on and on. And while this is happening, the prosecutor steps up and he, you know, he fires back at the uh, at the defense. And one of the things that he says is, you know, talking about all of these different allegations, he says, for example, you have Mr. Avenatti who goes to Arizona, gets a driver's license in Arizona, even though he's never really lived there, also that he can hide the fact that he's buying a Mercedes Benz while owing millions of dollars to all his debtors. And the way he did that was by transferring hundreds of thousands of dollars to this ex-wife, who, by the way, is also the surety on this case, which means that he is his own surety. And because of that, the entire surety is corrupt. So what does that mean? It means the ex-wife is the one basically holding whatever financial implications may come about if he flees, but it's not actually her because it's his money anyway. (laughs) And uh, what you saw from him, uh, this was probably the the briefest flash of emotion that I saw from him in this case. He just turns to his lawyer next to him and says, that's outrageous. And, uh, and his, uh, secondary attorney gets up and, you know, fires away. So it was, uh, it was a really fascinating about a 45 minutes or so in court, watching these two parties go back and forth over, uh, over these claims. And quite a tale of two different ex-wives, because like you said, the one is uh, yep. supposedly involved in all of this, at least helping him hide she- some of this money. Whereas yep. an, another one, one is he owes two and a half million dollars mm-hmm. under child support and spousal support. Yep. And that was I mean, that was obviously hit a number of times during this hearing. And there was one case where they're like, yeah, you know, he had he had in his possession. Uh, I forget what the exact sum of money was. It was tens of thousands of dollars he had in his possession. And he could have used that to maybe pay off her. But instead, he went to an auction to buy his own artwork, which was being oh auctioned God. off because it had been confiscated. <laughs> The, 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 I'm, listen, I'm not rendering judgment. I am just reporting what happened in the courtroom. I think you can emotional. be an objective reporter and call this guy a piece of crap. <laughs> I think those I things can exist. Hmm. Not that uh, I'm saying you did that. I'm just saying. I, no, I, I think yeah, everyone agrees. Like right. Listen, <laughs> professor Sanchez is always listening. He was my ethics professor, and I'm sure that, uh, that I'll get an email Good later. for you. You took ethics. I skipped that one. <laughs> ethics. <laughs> All right, Giancarlo. Thanks, man. No problem. Have a good one. Uh, I just realized we we hadn't gotten into the story about campaign spouses. We've talked about it the past couple days. And I just realized why you're so excited to do it, because this story done by The Washington Post involves Terry Hatcher. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, it does. I know it does, but that's not why. We'll talk about it next. (laughs) Gary and Janet will continue. We also have a chance at $1,000 coming back. I hope my... Never mind. I hope she, she is. Knows. No, she's not. <laughs> I hope. Look at somebody. He's has, my hero. Do you see she what knows. somebody has put up at our, at our studio window here? Somebody has put up uh, some new hashtags here on a piece of paper. Hashtag justice for Kevin. Hashtag Kevin the cat. You made people upset. With, Thank you, Nick. With your Kevin story. I didn't. I just. You I didn't put the cat that. down. I didn't put the cat in a bag and drop him out of the car. I didn't put him like smother him with peanut butter and leave him out in the wild for other animals to eat him. This I makes me think you did do yeah, all those or things. thought about it. Put some serious thought into that. Ooh, damn. Monica, have you ever met my son? I have not. No. 
Well, he's lovely. Well, when you meet him, you'll know why I chose him over the cat. All right. Oh, that okay. See, you chose see, a child yeah, over the story yeah, yeah, yeah. changes now. You could have found the cat at home. Though. I mean, listen, I would Not pick a snack job. over a cat. Not I would your pick a job when you take control of an animal. Yeah. It is your job to Not then job. dislocate it to another home. Dislocate it? No, don't tell him those words. We got a thousand bucks to give away. We'll tell you how you can do that when we come back. Uh, how you can win it, I suppose. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Historic. That's them being historic. Sorry. No, you. No, you get it. Ah, fine. They voted to send impeachment articles to the Senate today, 228 to 193. I mean, it's historic and all, but I just don't feel, I don't think a lot of people are really spending a lot of brain power on this. A lawsuit filed by prosecutors in the Virgin Islands is talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Again, more. But he used two private islands to engage in a nearly two-decade-long conspiracy to traffic and abuse girls. That at one point, Epstein and his associates organized a search party to catch a 15-year-old victim trying to swim away, kept her passport to keep her captive. Lawsuits looking to confiscate hundreds of millions of dollars from his estate there in the Virgin Islands. Um, We also mentioned, uh, just talked with Ann Carlo about this, former, uh, well, soon-to-be former attorney Michael Avenatti, arrested for violating the conditions of his bail by committing multiple state and federal crimes while he's awaiting trial on a couple of different things. So... Uh, we also have a thousand bucks to give away. Here's For your you chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword "coffee" C O F F E E to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's coffee to two hundred two hundred. If you win, they'll contact you by phone, but you got to answer to pick up a thousand dollars. Otherwise, they'll move on. We're giving away a thousand dollars once an hour here on KFI. Twenty minutes after the hour, from five twenty. In the morning through 6.20 at night. Andrew Yang's name has been splashed everywhere. He's done a good job of getting his name out there as he runs to be on the Democratic ticket for 2020. But a name you probably don't know is Evelyn Yang. Evelyn Yang is his wife. And she's a homemaker. And she raises the couple's two young boys. They're seven and four, by the way. The oldest is on the autism spectrum. And recently, she started joining her husband on the campaign trail. In December, she found herself up in the bleachers at the Democratic debate sitting next to Terry Hatcher. Of course, the actress from Desperate Housewives. Gary's a fan of Terry Hatcher. She's a Yang banger. She's a Yang ganger. It's not Yang banger. If you say that, it's going to get us into trouble. Donald Glover, also a Yang person. Dave Chappelle. A Yang gang member. Now, for Jill Biden, Jane Sanders, this isn't their first time around this circuit, right? They are used to this. They've done this before. They've lived in the spotlight for a while. But Andrew Yang has not done this. And certainly Evelyn Yang has not done this. She said that right after the debate, 
she did her first solo fundraiser in L.A. She says it was weird because most of the staff left with Andrew. She says it's like being left alone on a movie set after the crew is gone. That's a great uh, when I read that, it's a perfect analogy Mm -hmm. for it. And, you know, people like like you said, Jill Biden, um, uh, Jill Sanders, Jane. Jane Sanders. Sorry, they've they've done these things before. When you talk about Bruce Mann, who is Elizabeth Warren's husband, or John Bessler, Amy Klobuchar's husband, or even Pete Buttigieg's husband, husband Chasen, Chase, Chase Buttigieg, these are they're new, right? I mean, these are new things for them, and they're thrust into a spotlight that they didn't choose. Well, and think about what that entails. Not only are they going to have to be smooth speakers and have their own talking points that where they're trying to prop up their husband or their wife or whatever, but They've got to be a source of support for this superstar that they're married to. They have to be there when there's venting, when their partner is working and campaigning 18-hour days and to make sure that they eat and they sleep and all of that. And some of them have real jobs, too. Right. Uh, and, And imagine... I don't know if I would be able – if my wife was running for political office, I would be terrified to answer questions about very specific policy things, even though a lot of them are capable of doing it. I'd be terrified that I'd screw it up. I would vote for your wife. I would too. Yeah. But I, but I, she wouldn't want me out there answering questions for her political well, no, policies. No, of course not. Um, Have you heard you talk? Stop. I'm just kidding. That was – it was just are a, you campaigning for me? I'm sorry. Me? Um, but but imagine if you're Doug Emhoff, um, Kamala Harris's husband, <laughs> whom nobody knows. Right? I was just thinking of something you said at the ten o'clock hour about what? <laughs> about getting a whiff. <laughs> getting a whiff of what? Oh. Remember that? Yeah. See, that's another reason why I shouldn't be. You can a walk into something for the campaign. like that. But Doug Emhoff is uh, is Kamala Harris's uh, husband. How <laughs> grateful is he that she's no longer running? Probably very. I mean, we didn't Unless see she's him. A total very much. disaster post failure. The one thing I would love to see, though, is in this article in the Washington Post, it explains a lot of times they get together. You know, they find themselves traveling at once. You know, they'll see each other in the airport, or that. But when they really hang out together these spouses and partners of the candidates is during the debates right they're just hanging out backstage uh, talking M- about normal stuff emhoff and uh buddha judge apparently would check in with each other to see who's going to a particular event so that they could hang out in that holding room or they text each other during the debates uh when when i finished the morning show on apple tv i was Pleasantly surprised at how they handled the issues of the Me Too movement. Some of it's a little heavy-handed, but other times it was a very interesting discussion of two people can have very different attitudes towards a singular event. Uh, We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon. I also want to point out you started the show today. Yeah. You called me Andy twice in the last two days. Well, I was with my brother all weekend, and his name is Andy. And you, I feel like, 
and I have the same similar relationship as my brother and I. And I'm getting older, and I'm becoming like my mother. So I'll just say a name, you know. But you know the pain that that causes me. Because 25 years ago when I started dating my wife, she had just broken up with a guy named Andy. I know. And her parents for a year called me Andy. That's That sucks. But that was 25 years ago. Oh, I get over things quickly. Don't worry. <laughs> we both do. <laughs> I'll get over that, too. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's us. Gary and Shannon. It's Wednesday. It's the 15th. Uh, a couple of headlines, of course, that we've been following. An historic day on Capitol Hill when the House voted 228 to 193 to send the articles of impeachment over to the Senate for the trial. It looks like they're going to get some of the basic stuff out of the way this week, but the trial itself wouldn't start until Tuesday. They have a quick break for the Martin Luther King holiday coming up on Monday. So Tuesday is when they would start things. <laughs> Well, we were talking about the morning show. Uh, you finished the series. I got like maybe three episodes in and I couldn't deal with the level of stress that Jennifer Aniston was carrying. <laughs> She's always flustered. It was stressing me out. Um, but you brought up an interesting plot point in the series. Well, the basics of it, I don't want to give away too much for people who want to watch it, but the basics of it are um, that it's a Matt Lauer situation, a, well, a beloved uh, news anchor on a morning show, a national morning show, is accused of sexual harassment um, in the workplace. Now, he wasn't Harvey Weinsteining anybody. Uh, these seem to be, in his view, consensual relationships. Because when you become a superstar like Matt Lauer or the character on this show, um, people become yes people. People will probably do things for you that they wouldn't normally do for a Joe Blow. Yeah. Now, he also, I mean, they make a good point of it. He was having sex with everybody on that set. I mean, there were at least uh, at least three that they talk about in the show, and the reference they reference it being more than that. Um, one of them is a woman who comes forward and eventually gives an interview, and she's torn up about what turned out to be a sexual relationship. The second one was just a romantic plus sexual relationship that they broke off, but she continued to work there and they kept it secret. And then the final one is is one who was a super junior booker on the show. They end up in Vegas together to cover the Las Vegas shooting and they end up having sex. And that's sort of the 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 what I thought was a the best handling perhaps of a situation like that because she complained about it right away to the network head, and the network head gave her a promotion in an attempt to silence her, right? And the whole thing is, does the does the sure. network head know what was going on with this character? Did they know that this guy was a horn dog and sleeping with everything in the office? And the answer, of course, was yes, but could they prove it? Well, this, this younger uh, employee ends up confronting... The Matt Lauer character, name's Mitch Kessler, played by Steve Carell, and they have this great dialogue. I mean, tense, but a great dialogue back and forth in front of his apartment where he's asking her, I need you to corroborate my story that the head, the head of the network knew what was going on because you used me to get your promotion. And her response is, are you effing kidding me? You used me. The only reason they gave me a promotion was to keep me quiet, that I wouldn't complain and tear this thing up from the first place. And she never did. She never did go to the to the you know to the media to report this guy. Uh, and then was well, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. Anyway, this dialogue back and forth where these two people 
can have very different takes on the same situation. And I think that happens more than not in relationships. And it's not just relationships where there is an imbalance of power like you could argue there was here. Um, But in a lot of romantic relationships, there's a lot of uncertainty, even when you're hooking up or whatever in the beginning about how it went, what's going to happen as you move forward, all of it. They have a relationship like that on the show. Right. But, I mean, just in terms of, I didn't think they handled, I know which one you're talking about. That wasn't handled as well, I thought, as what this one was. Because it was pointing to the differences between a woman who was, as they show it, I mean, as as they detail it as it goes back in a flashback, it's clear he's the bad guy. I mean, he's he's preying on this very young, impressionable woman, and he's the power imbalance is ridiculous. And I think they exaggerate it just to make their but point. But in his mind, he doesn't see it that no, way. No, no, he doesn't see it that way. In fact, when he confronts her a couple of years later, after all this has come out, after he's lost his job, he says, look, you're a grown-ass woman. You were working in the number one media market in the country on the number one show. You are a powerful person. Why didn't you try to get away? And she explains this. I did try to get away. I was frozen. And he said, what? Right there. Were you frozen or were you trying to get away? Were you rushing or were you dragging? And it it brings up the issues of they both remember this. They both remember exactly what happened. In a completely different way. But in different ways. And, And that. Once that scene was over, I mean, we had to, my wife and I, we had to pause it and go, that was a great scene. And both of them aren't wrong. And I think that that's why we find ourselves where we are in 2020. We're talking about the Mrs. Fletcher show on HBO. And it's about a woman whose son, her only son, she's a single mom, goes off to college. And one of the first things that happens when he gets to college is they have all the kids sitting in a big movie theater and they're playing a a video about consent and how you need consent at every stage and over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, yes, yes. Even if it's your second time hooking up or your third time or whatever, you need consent over and over and over again so that these misunderstandings are fewer and far between. Right. There is a line in there. I told you Martin Short shows up in a couple episodes. He plays sort of a Harvey Weinstein, more powerful guy, ridiculous, uh, horrific sexual history with this guy. And he made some comment where it was like, Consent is so unsexy, or I, I'm paraphrasing, right. but it was that line, and it, and that was one of those where even the Matt Lauer character was like, "Well, you're a monster, you're an animal. I hate, you know, I'm not you. You're yeah. a rapist. Right. I would never do that." Right. I thought it did a good job of uh, differentiating between those two types of guys, but still making the Matt Lauer character a bad guy. Right. I mean, he was well because clear- he lacks perspective. Right. And that's what happens when you become a big star. Suddenly your perspective is all out because, like I said, you're surrounded by yes people and people that are trying to do things for you. And you forget how to be a normal person. I would be very uncomfortable if people got us coffee. I said that to oh my, my wife. Oh, my God. Too. Totally. Like you're walking in the hallway and someone's that's, like. I mean, that's why we have Nick. He spits on us every morning. It's fair. And here's your coffee. <laughs> And we finished the show, and Nick's like, you guys suck today. You ever seen any of the footage of Super Bowl I break one? you down to bring you up. That's why we keep you around. <laughs> Thank you. Have you ever seen footage of Super Bowl One? No. Chiefs Packers? 
there is one person who claims to have a complete a complete video of the entire game, which supposedly didn't exist. We'll explain why he wants the NFL to give him a little bit of cash. And why the NFL sucks. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Monica, what's up? You know you can't keep the Super Bowl story, but can we save it for tomorrow sure. and just deep dive into what just happened? So well, it's kind of, wait, let me do a quick headline to make to add some uh, amount of credibility first. here. Uh, the president signed a trade deal with China today, said it was righting the wrongs of the past. There was a, an active shooter situation scare at McGee Tyson Air National Guard Base in Tennessee. Everything is clear. They said. Somebody reported seeing somebody with a rifle, but there were no shots fired and nobody was heard. And then Nancy Pelosi and the House voted to send the impeachment articles to the Senate, 228 to 193. They keep talking about how it's a few minutes away that the speaker will sign the impeachment articles and then they will do the very slow procession, very somber across the uh, across the hallway in the Capitol, taking those articles of impeachment over to the Senate to get the trial started. So... It started with John and Ken's commercial about CBD oils. And Ken mentions a roll-on right. type CBD oil that he uses. Kids in there didn't know what a roll-on The kids was. didn't know what a roll-on was, so it became a thing. Us talking about 1982 and ban. Um, Robin, in fact, our boss, I don't know how she was privy to the conversation. I'm a little embarrassed she was. She was at the market, sees a roll-on, and actually texts Nick uh, the picture of the roll It was roll-on. actually a video with, like, she opened up the cap and like said, "Here's how it rolls." Oh. oh, so yeah, it was a whole tutorial. Well, I didn't. Well, because in like, I, I'm just used to the stick. You get the old stick deodorant, right? right. Well, you get very detailed and, about. Well, in like seventh grade, they were like, oh, "You can have," you know. They're like, "Listen, you're you're gonna be smelly. You're all gonna smell. So you have to wear deodorant. It's just a fact of life." Why was your gym teacher talking in such a slow, romantic tone? You can have the spray. Or you can have sticker roll-on. That's what it said. And I was like, well, what's a roll-on? I just know the stick and the spray. So all these years go by, never seen a roll-on. I was like, is that like the stick and the motion that you do it is rolling it on? But that doesn't make any sense. So I was very confused for a long time. So Nick ran out of deodorant. Uh, and we were talking about it because I ran out too, and it was a thing. And so I said to Nick, hey... (laughs) Did you get some, because he was going to get the roll-on for his next I was, yeah. deodorant purchase. I said, did you get the roll-on? Don't ask why I'm asking these questions. And he says, <laughs> no. No, well, no, I was, ri- I was rifling. I didn't have any, so I was rifling through some bags. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I found a stick of Old Spice. It's just a stick. So I'm good. And it launched into a different conversation of do you use the stick or the gel? Uh, Gary has sensitive armpits. I didn't know that, but apparently that's a thing. Because when he puts the gel on, it's like hellfire in there. Ooh, it burns. And then then, uh, Victor over here uses... A different type. He uses the right? gel. Yeah. Oh, he, he uses. It, it doesn't the gel. bother no, him. No, he didn't like the gel. Well, I was just wondering why I have noticed a lot of women's deodorants are like the white chalky kind, and the men's are more jelly. Right. And I just didn't notice what the. Is there some sort of like deodorant disparity? So gap? it reminded me of the conversation about apples. What's your favorite apple? Because yes. we all had different favorite deodorants. Mm-hmm. 
and it lasted as long as the Apple conversation. <laughs> we did seven minutes during the break on deodorants in here. And everybody came down in different, everyone's got their flavor. And at room. one point, Nick said, have you ever forgotten to wear a deodorant and you get chafy, chafy, and then you put, was that private? <laughs> yeah, it was private. And then you put it on and it burns. Hey, we'll get to that Super Bowl story tomorrow, and we've got John and Ken coming up next. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Stay dry, everybody. <laughs> JC, JC. <laughs> Blessings. And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode of... Gary and Shannon. Now is the time, and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel, the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online.